Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. That's awesome. Hey, we're so glad that you're at church this morning and welcome if you're with us online. Thank you for being part of our family as well. And if you're brand new to ACF, just know that we are thrilled that you're here this morning. Um, We are a church that is here to amplify the grace of Jesus to the churched, the unchurched, and the de-churched. So wherever you might find yourself today, we hope that you can uh, really find a home here. And we talk a lot about this, no matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus, that you don't have to believe to belong at ACF. You don't have to kind of buy into all the Jesus stuff yet. We know that we are all at a different place in the journey. And so we're just glad that you're with us and, and glad that you are here. You guys, there's been so much good stuff going on around ACF. We're starting a new series today called Traction, and we're talking about getting traction in our faith. And then next week, we're going to actually be talking about getting traction through grief. If anybody has ever dealt with loss in in their lives, or maybe a friend of yours has gone through something difficult recently, bring them back next week. We're going to have a couple up here that I'm going to be interviewing. It's going to be an incredible conversation. I'm so excited about that. This whole series It's about taking your next step, taking our next step together. And we've been taking a lot of next steps. Last week was impact. That was fun, right? Such a good weekend. Yeah, we can celebrate what God did through that. We saw hundreds of you out in our city serving our community in the name of Jesus. We changed oil uh, on cars for uh, single parents, foster families, families with adoptive children, and we just served our community, not to make our name great, but to make Jesus' name great. And I just want you to know his name was made great last weekend. You guys, uh, as you participated, as you showed up, as you served, as you gave of yourself, Jesus was made much of. And if you wonder, why do we do this stuff? It's not about building up ourselves, but building the kingdom of God. And we really saw that last weekend. Maybe you're here today because you got your oil changed or because somebody knocked on your door randomly on a Sunday morning and wanted to rake your yard. And if that's you, uh, we're glad that you're with us here today. We've been talking a lot about next steps and our church has next steps to take. And we have been in this really important season as a church where uh, this summer we were were mobile. Uh, We were actually meeting at Eagle River High School for the entire summer as we were remodeling this building. And we called it a season of recalibration, a season of kind of stepping back from what we normally do and asking God, what is the church for? What are we about? In fact, the series we went through was called Who Needs Church? And we walked through the book of Acts for the entire summer. Many of you read along with us. And that was a really important time for us as a church, a a season of recalibration. And, And now as we come into the fall, I would call this sort of a season of implementation. Where now we take everything that we learned, everything that God spoke to us as a church, and now we're beginning to walk into those things. And in fact, a few weeks ago, we spent uh, some time talking about our next steps as a church. That that although you as an individual have next steps, also our church has next steps to take. 
And if you don't know what they are, first, the, the first thing we, we believe God is calling us to do is to finish out this facility, this Brooks Loop campus. And that means we're going we're gonna to add a lobby onto the front of our building, and that's going to be sort of a living room for our church, a place to build relationships, a place to uh, connect before and after service and throughout the week. We're really excited about that, as well as some other structural things that have to be finished on this facility. Uh, also, we believe God is calling us to plant a church. Uh, that is just a huge deal. Uh, we've been praying about this for a long time. It, it's something, honestly, if I'm honest with you, I'm going to, which I should be honest, I'm a pastor, but uh, if I'm honest with you, I, I have resisted this. I don't want to do anything just because it's what's supposed to be done. I, I want to know that what we're doing as a church is what God is actually asking us to do. But it's been so clear to me and to our leaders that God is asking us to be a multiplying church. That there's something going on right here in Eagle River that we believe God wants to use beyond these four walls. And so we want to be a planting church. The next thing we feel God calling us to is to plant what we're calling ACF Outposts. And, and, and these outposts are basically these home churches, these smaller communities that are meeting across the world. And, and they're going to be launched by people who have been part of ACF. If you didn't know this, we are a highly military church. Uh, probably 70% of you are either active duty or retired military, which means you show up and then you leave, right? And, and that's, that's the deal. I was a military kid as well. Uh, my dad spent 30 years in the Air Force, and so I know the life. Um, but so many of you move away, and as you move away, you uh, bring the DNA of our church with you. And you bring all that God has done in your heart while you've been Alaska in Alaska with you. And, and so we want to actually empower those people and you people uh, who have moved away to, to plant outposts. And I have been blown away by the response to this. I've gotten phone calls from people literally across the world. I was talking with a guy earlier this week who's deployed, who's like, Brian, we don't have a, a church here. I want to launch an outpost. I was talking with a couple on Saturday that's moved away down south, and, and they feel God calling them to plant an outpost. And I have, I've had numerous conversations with many of you who are going to move away, who are interested in this. And so really excited about the potential there as we we raise the funds to build the infrastructure that it would take to be able to launch these small communities. And then the fourth part of our Acts 1-8 mission as a church is to do something in Bobo Dilasso, Burkina Faso. Uh, we have partnered with Compassion International to sponsor really every child that was available in that city. And we want to sponsor more children. And so we're actually going to help a, a church that's part of our tribe, the, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We're going to help them build a building because they don't have one. And then what we're going to do is work with Compassion to hopefully launch a Compassion site in that building. And so those gears are already turning. There's a lot going on. And some of you just need a vacation after hearing me explain that, right? You're like, oh my gosh, Brian, I just wanted to come to church on a Sunday morning. And I get that. I get that. It can be overwhelming to think of what we're doing. But listen, this is who we are. I mean, we're a church that's taking next steps. We're a church that's leaning in on the mission of God because when we were in most need, Jesus leaned in on us. When we needed him the most, God came to earth in the person of Jesus and gave his life, bled for us. And so we feel motivated and excited about the mission that God has placed us on. It's not going to happen overnight. There's a lot of pieces and, and, and parts to, to get in place to make these things happen. But as they come together, we believe God is calling us to a mission and to move forward. And I know some of you here also, you're back to church today because you thought we were done talking about this, right? Um, I, I want to disappoint you early. We're just getting going, okay? We're just getting going talking about this. Uh, th this is the beginning of, of all that God is calling us into. And, and, and I know even uh, it'd be easy for, for us to get up here and say, we're never going to push you, just get comfortable. But the last thing I honestly want from you today is for you to be comfortable. Um, you, you know, when people spent time with Jesus, you know what they were? Really uncomfortable. You know what the gospel is? Really uncomfortable. You know what the journey of discipleship is? Really uncomfortable, right? That, you're catching on. That's, that's what we're hoping to do. And actually, our hope is that you'd be comfortable at church so that you can be made uncomfortable by the gospel. So I hope your seat is cushy. I hope you feel good. I hope your kids are doing well downstairs. But ultimately, I want you to hear the gospel and for it to disturb you. Like I'm, I'm actually really excited about the gospel disturbing people and, and shaking us up for the sake of the kingdom of God. You with me? A few of you guys. All right, so we're on. Josh is on board. Thank you, Josh. Um, sweet. 
That's great. The rest of you are like, I don't know about this. It's okay. It's okay. Um, But some of you also, uh, we did what's called a commitment Sunday where we started receiving our commitments, our financial commitments to move forward with our Acts 1-8 mission. And a lot of you have asked, how did we do? Where are we at? And we're just beginning this journey, but I'm excited to tell you, so far we've had over $690,000 committed to our next step as a church. Celebrate that. That's amazing. I am so proud of you guys, man. It's so exciting. This is, we are well on our way towards our goal. If you're wondering what the goal is, we have a $3 million goal to be able to move forward on all of our Acts 1-8 mission. Uh, finishing up this building is going to be $2.4 million to finish this facility and this property. Uh, and I know some of you, you're like, that seems like an astronomical number. Uh, to others of you, it's just, that's not a big number at all. But we're just asking you to pray about what God's calling you to do and move forward in that as we go forward together as a church. Oh, and and, and then I actually got word yesterday that uh, we had just out of nowhere, after this number was put on the screen or into the slides, somebody donated $59,000 worth of stock. So praise God for that just out of nowhere. So we're closer to $750,000 so we can celebrate that as well. Man, exciting stuff. Hey, would you stand in honor of God's word here this morning? I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11 is where we're going to begin. Don't lock your knees. It's a long set of verses here, so we don't want anybody passing out in church. Here we go. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking of the truth in love, we are to grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You can be seated. So I want to start you off with this one question as we begin today. And it's, a, it's kind of a deep question hard to answer question. And it's simply this, do you like who you're becoming? As you look at your heart, as you look at your life, do you like who you are becoming? Because as you kind of take a, take a look back at where you've come from and what you've done, the decisions you make and the things that you're going hard after, those things all will accumulate in your life to tell the story of who you are becoming. The question is, do you like it? And this passage talks about the true self and the false self. That that we actually have a true self and a false self. The the self that God created us to be, that is walking fully in the the desires and in the gifts that he's built us to be. And then there's this false self, this distorted version of you. And that is the, the version of you that is attracted towards things that are not good for you, things that don't build you up or build other people up, things that do not build the kingdom of God. That is your false self. And in fact, uh, today you might have seen this tank on the stage. We're, we're starting a bit of a new routine as a church. And uh, we're going to start doing baptism every single month. And we're just going to make it available. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you're here today and maybe God has been speaking to you about baptism, today's your day. 
I mean, just, just, just take a step forward and, and do it. And so we've got shirts and shorts in the lobby so you can go home dry. You don't have to worry about any of those things. But if at any point during the service you feel like God uh, is speaking to you, you can just go out to the table there. They'd love to get you checked in for that. That's going to happen during worship at the end of service. But baptism is really a symbol of this dying to your false self. It's like a, it's like a death to that, that old version of you that, that God did not create you to be. And then this, as you come up out of the water, it's like your own resurrection, right? It's like we kind of die with Christ and are resurrected with Christ. And, and as you're resurrected, it's you becoming you, your new self. That's the, that's the symbol of baptism. The water's not anything special. It's just a, a symbol of what God has done in your heart. That's why it's so important. It's really the first step of obedience for anybody that has followed Jesus. If you maybe were baptized as an infant and you didn't choose to be baptized on your own, I would encourage you, get baptized. If maybe you, you, you followed Jesus and made a, pr- a prayer to Jesus a few weeks or years ago and said, I'm going to commit my life to you, but you've never been baptized, today is your day for that. Also on your seat was this little card. Would you grab this little My Next Step is? This is, this is your traction card. And throughout this series, I'm going to be asking all of us to kind of take a next step and identify what that is. Now, these are going to be different every single week, and there's a place for your name and your cell phone number. Now, we're not going to sign you up for like a magazine subscription or spam you or anything like that, but if you're comfortable with it, all we want to do is this week, we want to text you some encouraging thoughts and scriptures to help you take whatever your next step is. And we can put these in the offering at the end of service. So you don't have to do that yet, but as God speaks to you, you can, you can kind of fill that out. But our goal today is that you would take a step, that you would get some traction in your life. Now here is a, uh, this is a Goodyear Duratrek 285-75R16. Um, it's a good tire. This is off of my pickup, uh, actually. So uh, I was armor-rolling this just for church today. Um, so I need this back. But anyway, um, we are getting into the snow season in Alaska, aren't we? In fact, one of the worship team members came up to me before church and was like, there, there are already cars in the ditch as they drove from Palmer to come here. Already people. You know, I've never lived in a place where so many people drive into the ditch. But get ready, right? That is the season that's coming. We are in Alaska. It's going to happen. But if you, if you live here for any amount of time, you've been stuck before, Right? You found yourself stuck, whether it's in a ditch or a parking lot, in your driveway, right? We've all been there before. And what's interesting is that we all have traction in certain areas of our life, right? Like you showed up today and you're like, I am killing it at school right now. Or you're like, man, I'm just rocking it as a parent right now. Or my boss loves me, I'm doing such a great job at at my work right now. Like I've got traction in this certain area of my life. But then there are always these other things in the background that don't have traction. And our tendency is to put all of our energy and focus on the things that we're doing well, the things that build us up and make us feel encouraged, and to sort of ignore those other areas of life. That's what we want to deal with in this series. But specifically today, I want to talk about getting traction in your faith. And I wonder for you, are, are, are you becoming the person that you hope to become, that God wants you to become? Do you have traction in that area of your life? What you need to know is that you are always being formed. You are always becoming uh, something. Now, it might not be something that you want to become, but you are always becoming something. You always have traction toward either your true self or traction toward your false self. In our journey with Jesus, one of the terms we use in the church is discipleship. Which simply, another word we could use is apprenticeship. It's like we're apprentices to Jesus. We're learning who he is. We're walking with him and becoming uh, like him. That's, That's our journey of discipleship. But there's also something going on inside of us, and the term we use for that is is spiritual formation. That that our, our hearts are always being formed. And you need to know this no matter what you're doing, whether you, you know, are participating in the things of God, pursuing your true self or not, your spirit is being formed. In fact, I love this quote. It says, spiritual formation is not an option. The inescapable conclusion is that life itself is a process of spiritual development. The only choice we have is whether that growth moves us toward wholeness in Christ or toward an increasingly dehumanized and destructive mode of being. So I want you to think about, although there's some good things in life that you have traction in, there are probably some unhealthy things in life that you have traction in that are leading you down a road that that you don't want to go. And you have choices to make every day about those things. And every decision you make is actually forming who you are. Spiritual formation is always happening. 
The decision to date that guy or that girl is shaping you. The purchase you make is shaping you. The vacation you go on is shaping you. The Google search that you make is shaping you. The habits you form are shaping you. The relationships and friendships you foster are shaping you. You are always being formed and shaped. And I know some of you are like, man, I've, I've got really good intentions, Brian. I really want to be th- this, this person that, that goes hard after God, right? I really want that. But what you need to know today is that you are being formed by your direction, not your intention. You are being formed by the direction you go on, not the intentions of your heart. Because I'll be honest, I got good intentions all the time. I, I got intentions to eat better, intentions to be a better dad, a better husband, right? I got intentions to be a better pastor. I had all these good intentions, but I'm, they are not forming me. What's forming me is the direction I'm actually going. Now, I want to kind of do a little, little hold up here real quick because you need to know that the gospel is that when you come to Jesus, you are made right. You, when you come up out of the water, it's a representation that when Jesus sees you, you are pure, you are holy, and you are righteous. Amen, right? Amen. And the gospel is that, you know, we've always tried to close the gap between us and God. Uh, humans have always tried to figure out how can I get acceptance before God? And so every other religion is all about you closing the gap between you and God. And always wondering if you've done enough, if you've been enough. That's the whole thing about following Jesus. It's the exact opposite. It's that Jesus closes the gap for us. It's that he did all the work for us. And so know this, this is not about getting God to love you more. If, if you're not a Christian here today, If you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus, know this, God loves you right where you are. He he had you in his mind as he bled on the cross, okay? So no matter where you're at, or if you're here today and you're like, honestly, Brian, I am still spiritually pretty young. Still very young in my faith. And the, the, the whole thing about this is that there is a journey that we're supposed to go on, but understand this, God loves you right where you are. As the song says that we, just, that we just heard, it's all this tension that we feel, right? We feel this tension that we're not where we want to be, right? It, the statement goes something like this, I'm not who I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be, right? And so at some point, we just acknowledge that. And my hope for you today is that you acknowledge where you're at in life, that you acknowledge these intentions you might have that don't really result in a different direction in your life. What are you chasing after? What are you actually going hard after? And is it leading you towards your true self or your false self? There was this man named uh, King Solomon who was probably the wisest man that ever lived. He had more stuff than any of us will ever have. And here's what he says in Ecclesiastes 1.14. He says, I have seen everything that is done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity, a striving after the wind. He says, you know all the things that you got traction in that don't lead you to your true self? All the areas of your life that you're obsessed with that don't lead to wholeness for you or to other people or build God's kingdom? It's like you get a hold of them and they vanish. And every one of us has been there. Every one of us has grabbed a hold of what we wanted, that thing that we were after, that thing that we obsessed about, that we woke up in the morning dreaming about. And when we got it, it vanished. Because the only thing that can fulfill us is Jesus. Really, the only thing that can fulfill us and lead to life are the things of the kingdom of God. Those are the things that will last, that when we get a hold of them, they will will last. So what is this journey? What does it take to take a step forward? What does what the, the journey of spiritual uh, formation look like? Well, a few things that I think it is. The first thing is it's a process. So relax, right? It's a process. If you're honest and you're like, Brian, I uh, gave my heart to Jesus when I was 12 and now I'm in my 50s. And if I were to ask somebody in my life, how far have I actually come? They'd probably say like this far, Right? And maybe you you think, well, I should be mature, but I'm still sort of a child in the faith. Know this, that's where you need to begin. Don't act like you're more mature than you are. Begin where you are in the stage that you're in, and God will bless that. God will work in that. It's a process. The next thing is the process of being formed. This is so important. The things that we want to do and the, the person that we want to become, we can't do it on our own. 
Within the phrase of, or the word of spiritual formation is this idea that we're being formed. It's, it's the fact that we can't change our hearts. Only Jesus can change our hearts. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And so, although it's a process, know this, it's not something you can do on your own. You can't actually get traction in the areas of your life that you need to on your own. Have you ever just tried to fix yourself? You ever just tried to, like, make some changes? You can change your behavior for a little while, but only the Spirit of God can change your heart. Only God can come and actually shape you and give you desires for things that are good when you don't desire them right now. And so it's a process of being formed not just into anything. We don't want to just be formed into whatever, but into the image of Christ, right? Not into our own image, right? The last thing that I'm ever going to tell you from the front of this stage is just be true to yourself. That is the mantra of our generation. Be your true self. Well, what if myself is a jerk, Right? What if myself is obsessed with things that are terrible for me and, uh, and for other people? Like, just be your truest self. It's the worst advice that we give to lots of people today. Don't be your truest self. Be like Jesus. And as you become like Jesus, you will become the true you, the righteous you, the one that God has created you to be. But don't just pursue your desires. I desire all kinds of junk that's not good for me, right? Don't just pursue what feels right. Pursue Jesus, in the last part of this whole discipleship process that we're in, uh, is I think maybe the most important part. It's like, why are we all doing, why are we doing this? Brian, why would I begin to move forward? What's the purpose behind this? It's that it's a process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And you need to know this, that ACF, we exist for those yet to come, Right? And yes, of course, we want to grow together and we as a church want to become more like Jesus. That's why we do what we do every single week. But at the same time, we exist for our city. We exist for our friends and our neighbors that don't know Jesus. Uh, The best way I can describe it is that spiritual inflow without spiritual outflow is spiritual constipation, right? And we all know that ain't good. We all know just at a biological level, right, that's not a good thing. Inflow needs to equal outflow or there's a plumbing problem, right? We know that. But in the church, it's like we've forgotten that. It's like, just give me more verses. Give me more great sermons. Give me more worship services. Doing all that without outflow will result in the death of a church. I mean, the best way to kill a church is just to have lots of inflow with no outflow. And it's the same way with you personally. The best way to lose traction in your life with Jesus is to have lots of inflow without outflow. God has given you gifts. He has resourced you, not for you, but for others, for the sake of others. So we are in Ephesians 4. If you have a Bible, you can open up there and follow along or download the ACF Church app and all the text and fill in the blanks will be in there. But Ephesians, this is a beautiful book. And in fact, we went through Ephesians, did a series called Blind Spots a few years ago. If you want to watch that, you can follow, follow kind of the whole story of Ephesians. But really, uh, Ephesians is split up into two parts. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a letter written by a man named Paul, and we call it a prison letter or a prison epistle because it was written while Paul was in, in prison. You're listening. Good, a few of you are. That's awesome. So Paul was in prison writing this letter to the church. In Ephesus. Now, the church in Ephesus was in this community that had some problems, right? In Ephesus is this temple. It's to the temple, the temple Diana, uh, the goddess Diana. And I've actually been able to walk the streets of Ephesus, which is super cool to see this place, to see the temple to the goddess Diana, who is this fertility goddess, this goddess of, of sexuality and fertility. And this was really kind of like a, a sex crazed culture. And they would even, they'd go to the, to the temple of, of Diana and they'd actually end up having sex with a temple prostitute to bless them and lead to fertility in their families. It was really, really um, kind of a terrible thing. And so Paul is speaking to this place in Ephesus where all of this junk is going on, but at the same time, there's this movement of Christians happening in Ephesus. And, and we actually studied this when we were in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 19, we read about what's going on in the church, that the, the, the church is exploding in Ephesus, and it's actually causing riots in the city. I don't know if you remember why, but these riots broke out because the Christians stopped buying their idols, which to me blows my mind, right? There, there was such a movement of the kingdom in their city that it crashed the local economy, right? Uh, that's, that's amazing. Can you imagine 
if what was going on through uh, the church here in Eagle River was actually affecting the economy of Alaska and different things negatively that, that we're not building the kingdom of God. It's like, man, people aren't buying this stuff anymore. And so certain establishments are shutting their doors because the church is choosing something better for themselves. And that's what's going on. There's this tension in, in, in this, this community. There were two things specifically that we read that they were obsessed with. Uh, verse 19 says this. It says, They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And so two things you see in Ephesus, sexuality and greed. Two things tempting them to get traction toward their false self instead of towards their true self. Sexuality, and not just any sex, because sex is a gift from God created uh, for us, but it's a distorted, deviant version of sexuality. And then greed, greediness to practice all kinds of impurities, just, just greed in general, right? I'm so glad the Bible isn't relevant today, right? I'm so glad we're different today. We aren't tempted with those things anymore, right? And of course we are. They're the same things that we're tempted with today. And know this, as you try to get traction towards your true self, somebody's going behind you throwing traction sand towards your false self, right? And we see this all the time. We experience this. I mean, you're trying to kind of work on your budget and align it more with the things of God, and then you're on Facebook and one of those ads pop up. And I'm telling you what, can Facebook read our minds? I don't know if somebody can help me out with this, but for me, like, I just think about something I want, and it pops up for me on Facebook. I'm like, there it is. It's shiny. It's new. It's on sale. Buy, right? Every single time I'm trying to kind of work on the budget, be more disciplined, somebody's throwing traction sand in the wrong direction. In fact, it's interesting, we just got our PFD, right? Yes, Alaskans, we get paid to live here, which we love that. We're so glad. We, we, we are owed that, right? Hashtag because winter. Winter's coming. So I, I deserve to get paid a little bit for living in the Alaska winter. But I was talking with um, some police officers, some APD guys, and they were saying, you know, we, uh, we hate PFD season. It's just terrible. And I was like, Why? They're like, because everybody gets money that didn't have money. And so all of a sudden, like drug use goes through the roof. Uh, spousal abuse calls go through the roof. I mean, crime rates go through the roof. They, they're like, we see it on the other side of this, that when you hand people money, it's like somebody throws a little traction sand in the wrong direction, and they just kind of go, go wild for a couple weeks, right? And of course, that's not all of us, but that certainly is some of us. Where are you trying to get traction that somebody else is throwing traction sand in the wrong direction. You know, greed, we talk about greed, and, and then sexuality, we're trying to stay pure. You're just watching a TV show with your family, and then all of a sudden that scene pops up, and you're like, awesome. Now that image is burned in my mind. If you're like me, when I see something, it stays with me. I, I can just, I can, I have a vivid imagination, so I can imagine things. So I'm just minding my own business, watching something, and then that scene pops up, and I'm like, great, now I have to deal with that in my mind right now, Right? Or maybe you're a teenager. I don't know if you guys know that, uh, that sexting is a huge thing right now. It's kind of a side note, but I read a study this week that said one in, four, one in four teenagers under the age of 17 have sent or received a sext message, okay? Pictures of each other. And so this is the world that we live in, okay? This is what's going on around us. You're trying to follow Jesus, and then you just get a text, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do with this, right? And this has become normal, this has become something that we expect everywhere. It's why here in November, we've actually got a, an organization called Pure Desire Ministries coming up. And so we said we'd push you in every direction. So I hope I'm making everybody equally uncomfortable this morning. But we're going to talk openly uh, about the, the brokenness in our sexual being. We're going to talk about sexual addiction. We've got this organization coming and helping us launch some groups uh, for healing and restoration, and we're really excited about that. It's going to be huge for our church, but we're just going to be <laughs> lots of honest here. Uh, some of you are not used to that. That's cool. That's just fine. But verse 14, let's keep moving on in this text. He says, So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So uh, Paul is calling them into this, this, this maturity. He says, I want you to mature in Christ Jesus. I want you to grow up so that you're no longer children, right? I think we intuitively know that if a child doesn't grow, something's wrong, right? 
Uh, my little boy Grayson, he's seven now, but if we, if we had him, we had Grayson, and then a year later we took him to the doctor for his annual checkup, and the doctor was like, he's the same size he was when he was born. We'd say, that, same, that sounds like a problem, right? How about in a marriage? We know this. When you put the ring on, it's just the beginning, right? Single people, when you put the ring on, it's just the beginning. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of growth to happen once you get married. We know that. In a marriage where the people choose to kind of like stop in time at the moment of their wedding is a broken marriage, right? Like you got to keep growing. And yet when it comes to our spiritual life, why is it that we're satisfied when it doesn't grow? Why is it that we're satisfied? Like I just go to church, I do what I've always done. I'm kind of living my life and yet there was kind of this thing that I did years ago, this prayer that I had years ago. We were supposed to, to grow. What he's saying is this, people who don't grow are way too easy to throw. If you're not growing, you're in a dangerous spot. You are easily tempted, right? Because that means you are spiritually young or spiritually children in the faith. And here's what, I got kids. Kids are easy to deceive, I'll be honest, right? Like when, 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 you're, when, when you have little kids, you can convince them of almost anything you can convince them of. And as they get older, they start to realize that their parents are liars. And they ask them really hard questions, but, but not until they mature, not until they grow up. And I see a lot of Christians falling for a lot of terrible stuff, a lot of lies that are being handed to them because they've not positioned themselves to grow, to get traction toward their true self, to continue growing in their faith. Some of you are stuck maybe in a spiritual adolescence. One of the things we hear a lot in our culture is we have what's called an extended adolescence. And into people into their 30s, uh, mid, late 20s and early 30s are now still considering themselves adolescents today. And I don't know about you, but I think that's a problem, right? It's a problem when, we, when we're in our mid-30s and we still see ourselves as kids, right? Like we're still living in our parents' basement, you know, watching Parks and Rec, eating pizza all day long. Like if that's me in my mid-30s and I'm not looking to get out and move forward, there is a problem, and as Christians, there's so many Christians that have done that, that are like, man, I've been in the church my whole life, but I am in a stage of spiritual adolescence. I'm still kind of stuck in this place. I need to begin to move forward. And I just want you to know, if you're resisting it, it's for your own good. It's to protect you from all the lies that are going to come at you. I mean, you're actually better off to just say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, than to say you are a follower of Jesus, but not choose to grow. You're better off just to stay on the outside and say, I'm not ready to commit to that yet. I'm not going to call myself a Christian. But once you say you're a believer, you are on a journey to follow Jesus. Verse 11, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. In other words, you all have gifts. God has equipped you with certain gifts in a church that's maturing will be a church that builds more disciples. That there's a work of ministry God has given us, and when each of you are operating in those gifts, we will be a church that's making disciples. Now, some of you struggle with this because you're wondering, well, what are my gifts? Okay, Brian, I want to grow, but I don't really know what to do with my gifts. And I want to give you three things real quick. Uh, three questions to ask for you uh, to know, like, what is my spiritual gift? And you can go online, and there's all kinds of, like, spiritual gift calculators, and there's Bible studies and stuff out there. I just want to boil it down to three things. Uh, the first thing is this. What are you passionate about? Like, what just makes your heart burn? And what, what do you get fired up about? The next thing is, what are you good at? You've got some skills. I mean, you've got some abilities. There's something that you do that, that you do pretty well naturally. And the third thing is, what are people affirming in your life? And, and where those things intersect is where I believe God probably wants to use you. It's, it's really that simple. It's not a, a very difficult process. Just find out what are you good at, what are you passionate about, and what are people affirming in your life, and then take a step forward. Start asking questions of other people. How can I use this to build the kingdom? That's, that's what you're created to do. And Paul is saying he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, like he gave leaders in the church to equip other people in the church to do what they were meant to do, to operate as the body of Christ. And so I want to talk about four things real quick that I want you to take a step forward in. Like four, four things that we want to see as a church. And the first thing, the first step is this, that we want to see lost people found. Amen. I mean, we want to see lost people found. And, and, and I know 
maybe you came in here today and you're like, I didn't feel really lost until I tried to find the men's room and now they moved it over there and, you know, they've moved around the lobby. Maybe you don't feel like a lost person. And it can even be a little offensive, can't it? When Christians call people lost and they're like, I'm not lost. I know where I'm at, right? But this is kind of how Jesus talks about people who don't know him. It's how the Bible talks. It talks about people as, as blind. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to navigate if you were blind, wouldn't it? Talks about people as lost. They're sort of kind of groping their way around through life, trying to figure out what to do apart from Jesus. And I know that it's hard to admit that you might be lost. Uh, Trust me, I know this. I am the last person that wants to admit when he's lost. Okay? I I still remember I was, um, I used to spend every summer with my grandfather up in Maine on the farm out there. And um, we just worked the the farm. We take care of the cattle. And then we would travel around from fair to fair, fairs are a big deal in, in Maine. We'd go fair to fair to fair, and we'd show cattle all over the countryside. I still remember we were leaving this one fair, going to another, and I had uh, it was in the, his, his Chevy pickup with the cattle trailer on behind us, and we had left later on in the evening, and we had about an hour and a half drive to take. And so I was like, all right, where are we going? And he starts giving me directions, and it starts driving me crazy. Because, I don't know, maybe I'm the only guy in the room that hates getting directions from a backseat driver, right? So he's like, he's frustrating me. And finally, like, I'm like, can you just stop, right? And he's like, fine. And so he goes to sleep. And I kid you not, I drove for the next four hours until I started seeing signs for Canada. And I was about to cross the border when I pulled into a gas station finally to ask, how do I get here? How do, how, do I, how do I get to this place that I'm going? I finally admitted to somebody, I'm, I'm lost. He never woke up, by the way. Never woke up. I was, I was pushing him. I was talking to him. He was like, I'm going to let you deal with it. Went back to sleep. So he knew that I just needed to deal with my pride, right? Yeah. If there's one thing that God has been ripping out of my heart for years and years, it's just my pride. I have a lot of pride. And it takes a, a certain humility to admit that we're lost, but the good news is Jesus wants to call you out of that. Jesus, he, he died so that you might be found. In fact, Luke 15, 7 says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And you guys, that's what we're all about. It's honest people who admit, man, I, I am a sinner. And I just, I can't quite fix myself. I can't get traction towards my true self on my own. I actually need Jesus. So if you're here today and that's you, know that, that you are surrounded by people in the same place who are just admitting that we need to be found. Verse 13 says, Until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the next thing we want to see is we want to see found people grow. So we want to see lost people found and found people continue to grow to be formed, to be on a journey. You guys, listen, your relationship with Jesus didn't end the day that you received him, the day that you prayed some kind of prayer, or the day that you started going to church. It is just the beginning, and today can be just the beginning. So I want to ask you, honestly, can you, can you just kind of deal with your own heart? Are you growing? Can, can other people, if your wife were to tell you the truth, would she say you're growing? If your husband were to tell you the truth, would he say you're growing? If your parents were to tell you the truth, would they say you're growing? And if they can't see it, you got to go, like, maybe I'm not growing. I mean, it's why we have ACF groups. It's why we just harp on that. We have 40-something groups that you can get in. There's no excuse. There's a lot of opportunities to be someone who's growing. How about church? Is church optional? Or do you make it part of your weekly rhythm to be here to hear the word of God proclaimed? And to let the Spirit work on your heart. Or are you kind of a once a month, twice a month, right? I mean, can you be intentional about growing? Uh, for me, reading the Bible is a big deal. I hope it is for you. In fact, Pastor Stewart preached a great message a couple weeks ago. And his main point was what? Who's here? Read your Bible. That was the whole point. The whole sermon, one point sermon, it was awesome. Read your Bible. It's a great start if you want to be someone who's growing. Also, just read other stuff. For, I'm, I've always got a, a whole pile of books that I'm reading. In fact, um, if you want to join with me, here are a, a few books that I'm reading right now. Um, the first one is this, Leading with a Limp. Our whole staff is walking through this. 
And so if you want to walk with us through this as well, this is a, it's a great book about how uh, some of the things that you think disqualify you for ministry might be the things that actually qualify you for ministry. Some of the limps in your life, the struggles in your life might actually be the platform God wants to use to change someone else's life. And so instead of just wishing that wasn't there, we, we pray that God would use those things in our life and heal us. And so this really deals with the tension if you find yourself leading people. Maybe you're in the military. Maybe you're just leading your family uh, or your friends. You can follow along with that. Here's another book. Uh, Tim Keller's Making Sense of God. This is one on, on my repeats. I, I read through this probably once every year. Uh, just a great book. I, it, for, if you're a skeptic in the room, if you, through this whole sermon, are just trying to figure out if I'm the real deal or what this whole church thing's about, and you're just like poking holes in this whole thing during church, I love you. Um, I have the spiritual gift of cynicism as well. And so this is a great book for you if you're a skeptic and you're not sure what you think about God and you've got some kind of hang-ups with Christianity, or if you're just a, a believer and you want to walk with other people uh, with some of their hang-ups, great resource for you. And um, the last one, if, if you're a guy in the room, uh, I want you to walk through this book with me. It's Five Marks of a Man. It's a super easy read. I'm taking a bunch of guys through this in this fall and winter. And so also just some, uh, some key points on what it means to become men in a culture that celebrates uh, men staying boys. And so really just a great challenge to us as well, but re- be reading. If you're here and you're like, man, I'm not a reader, that's what Audible's for. Yay! All these are on tape. Tape? Are there tapes anymore? MP3, right? I just dated myself. He's so old. Books on tape. Who's got some books on tape laying around? Anybody? A few of you? Uh, Thank you for joining with me on that. All right. Verse 15. He says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the the head, into Christ Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working, which is code for not, it's not always that all parts are working, right? When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The next thing is we want to see growing people equipped. Okay? We want to see lost people found and found people grow and then growing people equipped. That means you need to get some mentors, It means you need to get some people in your life who are farther along than you are to show you the ropes, right? If you are a mechanic and you want to get better at it, you're going to get around some other mechanic that knows how to do more than you do. If you want to learn to sew, you're going to get around someone else who can sew, right? If you want to learn to lead, you're going to get around some leaders. You're going to get some training in it. And so that's one of the things we want to see is for you to lean into these opportunities you have everywhere. And kind of a side note is, Don't wait for them to ask you. You need to ask them. Because honestly, if they're leading in any way, they're probably already really, really busy. But that does not mean they don't have time for you. But it does mean that it's your job to ask and your job to look around and say, okay, I want to, I'm growing. I'm learning some good stuff. I'm reading my Bible. I'm studying. I'm in a group. But I want to be equipped to do some things. Can, can I get next to you when you're doing this in ministry? Can I get next to you when you're maybe leading someone through a difficult conversation or counseling someone? I mean, can I, can I get around people who are farther along than I am? And the last thing is this. Verse 20 says, but that is not the way you learned in Christ. All these, this, this false self, these other things we're attracted to. That is not the way you learned in Christ. And I love that he says this in verse 21. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. You see, Paul acknowledges that as these letters were read to these groups of people, that some of these people had never heard the gospel. Some of these people had never been taught what it means to operate in their gifts. He says, that's not what you've learned in Christ, although some of you have never really heard this before. And so the last part that we want to see is we want to see equipped people mobilized. I mean, we want to be a church that's in motion, going hard after the things of God. And and that, that means that we actually have to take these opportunities that are handed to us. It's why we as ACF Church have this Acts 1, 8 mission. We want to be mobilized. We want to see you serving and and leading in, in your own way. I mean, praise God for the people who are serving our kids today, right? That are watching our kids downstairs. Praise God for the band that's been working on music all week long. Praise God for the people who open up their homes to to life groups through the week. And some of you, you are so good about talking 
about your faith with people. I mean, you just are natural about it. It's not something you're ashamed of, but you're mobilized for the kingdom in our city. And so it all begins with you dealing with where you're at. So where are you today? What stage are you in of spiritual formation? Because I'll tell you this, that I believe it's time to make peace with who you are, but make a plan for who you want to be. You won't make a plan for who you want to be until you make peace with who you are, until you acknowledge, okay, maybe I'm not where I should be at this point in my spiritual life, but just know this, Jesus wants to meet you right there. Like that's right where God wants to work with you. You will not move forward in a place of self-deception. You got to be honest. But once you're honest about where you are and you make peace with where you are, you can begin to make a plan to step forward. So grab your next step card real quick, would you? Pull this off your seat. This is an all play. Everybody in the room, all right? And again, if, you, if you're just like totally uncomfortable with putting your name on this, you can put it in without your name. That's fine. What that's going to do is help us to know where our church is at. This is really going to help us as leaders to know like what's happening in our church. Everybody needs to get baptized, but they're not doing it. Maybe the water's too cold. I don't know. Like helps us figure out what's going on in our church. But maybe for you, it's just to first commit to being a true disciple of Jesus. You've been playing church for too long. You've been playing Christian for too long. Today's the day that you make a choice to get some traction in your faith. Maybe it is to get baptized, and today's your day, and, and, and you've been thinking at all service that you should do it. And, and we've been praying for you all week that you'd have the courage to, to stand up, the courage to walk into the lobby and just to, to make this happen today. Maybe it's to be intentional about growing, that honestly you haven't really taken steps in a while, And you get frustrated that God's not present in your life. But to be honest, you're not really present either. So maybe you're going to be present in your own spiritual growth. And the last one is it's maybe for you, you can't remember the last time you talked about your church or your faith with someone else, someone outside of the church. I mean, just here's a test real quick. Can you think of the name of the last person that you talked to about your faith or about your church? And if you can't, then maybe that's your next step today. Would you stand up? I'd love to pray for you. And if at any point as we're singing here in a moment, you feel like today's your day to get baptized, we'd love to talk to you in the lobby. So let me pray for us as we move forward. Jesus, thank you for meeting us where we are. Thank you for your grace on us that um, we don't have to show up to church and, and fake it. But God, you know our stage of discipleship. You know Um, whether we're mature or we're not, whether we're flowing out into others or whether we're self-focused. And so God, I pray you'd make it so clear what our next step is today. And God, more so than that, more than good intentions, God, would you give us the courage and the faith to take that step? God, we can't conjure it up on our own. We can't fix ourselves. We tried that before. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to work inside of us in ways that we can't work on our own. So God, I pray for our church. May we be a gathering of people mobilized for your kingdom. People who are growing. People who are honest and authentic. People who know our weak points, but also celebrate the things that we're strong in, that you've uh, really given us some victory in. God, we pray for our city. God, we know we are surrounded by people who don't know you. Surrounded by the lost. So God, today we pray that one person would be found this week. Just one person would find their way home to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks.